The Goal Radio Football Show. Here we go. Let's try that again. Here we go with another week <laughs> of the Go Radio Football Show. It is five minutes after five on a Monday. What have we got for you in the next couple of hours? Uh, well, I'm going to tell you, actually, because Rob McLean here, Ali DeFoy, Barry Ferguson, Cy Ferry, very close to a bottle of red wine. More of that in a second. <laughs> uh, Paul McGinn, the Hibs defender, will join us in the next couple of hours. Craig Gordon, the Hearts goalkeeper, former Celtic goalkeeper, Scotland international, TV star. Just a few of the lines on his CV. Frank McAvenny will be with us as well. And Jason Leach, the Scottish Government's National Clinical Director on Scottish football and the continuing coronavirus threat so we will get serious at that stage no doubt premiership doubleheader yesterday the champions league and europa league draws today a draw for the group stage of the league cup as well where do we possibly start what could be our headline story well it is of course that peterhead and kelty hearts have been drawn together <laughs> in the same league cup group and these two are sitting they're even more socially distanced than normal si i don't know if people can see but fergie's giving me the fingers right now <laughs> Never not know how George Burley fares. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait. What a fixture. Do you know what he was asking me in there? What way do you play? What's your formation? So, listen, I'm not giving much away. But listen, it's a great draw for both us and Peterhead. Two Premier League teams, Dundee United and St Johnson. So, and Brecon, don't forget Brecon. The thing is, so yeah. Barry, see if you stop the boy ferry playing, you've got a right good chance. <laughs> Barry knows exactly how to stop you <laughs> He's taking the first steps to stop you playing by giving you that bottle of red wine. You better explain, Barry. Well, I heard he's in Friday night that, well, I heard Sai um, give me a wee bit on the show because I'd brought yourself, Rob. Yeah, Barley. lovely. Um, I didn't let it breathe long enough, but it was like, oh, <laughs> I didn't let it breathe at all. <laughs> and I heard Sai give me a wee bit, so I've brought his bottle of wine in um, and see how he likes it it's strange because it was in Aldi the day and I seen it was on offer in Aldi so thanks very much Barry <laughs> that, yeah. that's from a small vineyard do you know, do you know who actually got me into red wine the canio mate yeah. never drank it right? then we went away pre-season one year first, his first year so you get in the breakfast table lads no butter on your toast like basically eating your shin guards in the morning uh, no ice in your water and no milk in your coffee I'm like oh, what is happening here are you kidding on Paolo so it gets to dinner time. Oh, by the way, lads, after dinner you can all have a glass of red wine. So the logic, where's the logic in that? No, you can't. So I put my hand up and I say to them, can I keep it for breakfast and dunk my toast in it? <laughs> <laughs> but what a man. Couldn't have drank um, ice, couldn't have butter, but you could have a glass of red wine. Uh, that, so he's that, got me in it. That was like Paul Le Guin. No salt. I don't know if you're allowed salt. Uh, salt. Uh, we had that, no Heinz beans. I used to always have chicken and beans as my pre-match. You, you were fun Exciting. to be with a bit. Yep, and... Um, <laughs> He came up and he, he took the plate away from me. He says, what, what is this? You don't eat this. I was like, well, I've ate it for the last 15 years since I've been a, a professional. So, yeah, they've, they've got a, a strange way. And like, at night, after um, after the dinner, as I said, they would go and have a glass of wine, even let the players do that, which I found strange. Ali, how was your weekend? You were at Ibrox? Yes, it was. It was fantastic. Um, not quite the result I was hoping for as a St Mirren fan. But uh, yeah, it was nice to be there. It was my first time at Ibrox, so really thoroughly enjoyed it. And I have to say, um, I spoke to my mum and dad at the weekend after uh, trying your bottle of wine, Barry. And uh, my mum doesn't drink wine. She had a wee sip, so much so she had a glass, then fell asleep and turned woke up the same colour as the glass. So she got a wee bit burnt, but <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed it. That's what she's telling you. They were kissing all night, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> right, I wanted to ask you, Rob, though. 
Yes. I think you look the type that you rob on the red wine, but you turn into a rab on the buckfast. <laughs> <laughs> You've got me in one. I was, was going to say, Paolo Di Canio would really approve of that red, Monte Pulciano d'Abruzzo. He would. Oh, uh, that's an pronunciation. Yes. Excellent. And it's organic. Yeah. You're all about the organic right now, yep. aren't you? We, sure. we, sh- we should stop taking. Stuck talking about booze because people will get the wrong impression about us. <laughs> Let's Why don't we take Barry to say thank you to we'll take him for a pint over the brazen head? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'll probably be wearing the pint, not drinking it, but you're seeing right. your club of me is probably a good thing. Uh, I'll just uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started in his club, honestly. But I have noticed the Balenciaga's me. I love the way you're doing it. What thank a man. Look at all these brand checks in the studio. <laughs> we should say that uh, establishment is a Celtic stronghold, just a matter of a couple of hundred yards yeah, from I, here. I don't think I would be very welcome <laughs> over there. You never know. (laughs) We are nearby at the Go Radio headquarters with the Go Radio football show. That number, uh, and you can join us on the show, 0808 17 17 700. You can text GO and your message, 87474. And on the socials, at Go Football Show. So uh, join us, uh, have your opinion, have your say, and ask a question of Barry or Cy. Later on, Paul McGinn, Craig Gordon, Frank McAvenny, and Jason Leach, the National Clinical Director. Well, what about the football at the weekend? What a result for Kilmarnock side at Rugby Park. Real blow for Celtic. need to say, Rob, uh, massive credit to Kilmarnock. Um, I watch a lot of teams that play against Celtic and it just seems like they haven't done their homework um, and that they've just went into the game blind. Um, looking at Kilmarnock, you can tell they'd worked on Celtic's game plan all week. You know, they were very compact in the middle of the pitch, stopping the ball in Edward's feet. Um, again, we've spoke about how important spines of teams are. I thought Finlay and Broadfoot um, were brilliant. Dicker and Power, the exact same. And then up front, the striker was unbelievable. But I need to give a, a big shout to Chris Burke at 35 year old. Because mm. what Kilmarnock were doing were forcing 36. Celtic. 36. Wow. We're forcing Celtic <laughs> wide. And what Celtic wanted in the wide areas was overloads. And Chris Burke at 36 year old to run up and down that pitch and track Greg Taylor's runs and Mackenzie on the other side. I thought the two of them were excellent. And then uh, obviously up front, um, Kabamba. Wow, start of the show. But for Celtic, for me, Rob, a lot of pointless possession. Uh, and in this 4 2 3 1 shape that they play, I'm not totally convinced by it. Um, before Christmas, they played it. They were outplayed by Rangers at Celtic Park in that formation. Uh, and I think the sooner they go to a 3-5-2, the better. Mm. Uh, in order to do that, Barry, they need to get Lee Griffiths. That, the Lee Griffiths situation needs to be solved. Either Lee Griffiths comes back and plays in the first team or they go and buy a guy that can play up front with Edward because I think Ed, you get the best of Edward with two up front, Barry. I don't know what you think. Yeah, I, I think Celtic look a better team when, as Sai says, when they play 3-5-2. Um, and a lot of people are going to go on about the result yesterday. Well, Celtic were poor, but as Sai says, you've got to give Kilmarnock credit. Mm. That's a lot of hours spent in the training mm. ground. Um, in terms of their formation and and uh, I, I thought the two in the middle of the park Power and Dicker they're, they're immense for Kilmarnock and Berkey's just a credit to the game mm. at his age up and down that's the fittest I've ever seen Chris Berkey always had the ability always really liked Berkey as a player and at this age and the amount of work he went through in that game was, was phenomenal um, but we, had, we had him on the show during the week and he, and he was explaining how uh, during lockdown he went out he took a lawnmower with him to, to this to this field of grass nearby. Maybe and going he, up and, he, and down that. Maybe and he, that's what get him to so fit. Cut a strip with a lawnmower, yep. and, that, and there's what he, that's Rob, what he did his running. People that's his forget. Fitness. People forget he had a, a bad illness when he was up at Ross County. Yeah. Um, and and Kilmarnock took a chance on him, and I think he's been different class for Kilmarnock. And he, he looks to me the body type and the shape he's in. 
he could go on for another couple of years. But see that right mid position? It is a graveyard shift as well, oh, isn't it? See, did you ever get stuck at even a centre midfielder? Did you ever get stuck out on the right? It is though. Gordon Strachan used to stick me out wide right. <laughs> I think he just done it to shout at me. So I was standing next to him and he would just scream at me to run up and down. Even at 18, mate, I found it tough running up and down mm. the pitch like that. Uh, you've got to be you've got to be proper yeah. fit to do that. Why either playing the wing or the wing back as well. Mm. You play that wing back, but Burke is I keep going on. He's a credit the way he's looked after himself. Obviously, he's um, he's, he's looking top class just now, Burke. And he scored the penalty, and it finished one-one. And you can only imagine how Neil Lennon felt. Yeah, we're disappointed not to win the game because we had enough of the ball, and we've given away a poor goal. You know, we we dominated the second half, and we just lacked a bit of penetration, uh, finishing touch. But you know, Kilmarnock defended very, very well at times as well. We just lacked that little bit of quality on the day. He wasn't keen uh, to use the pitch as an excuse, but do you think that that artificial ter- uh, artificial surface at Rugby Park can get inside the heads of the players, and they go into a game like that and thinking we're not going to be play able to play the stuff we played against Hamilton at home last week? Well, it definitely helps Kilmarnock. There's no doubt they, they train on it every day. But these Celtic players have, have been down there before, Rob, and played on that that kind of surface. Um, I, I don't think that Lenny will use that as an excuse. I just thought. They were poor in the day, the, the two centre-backs, Ayer um, and Julian, they don't like the physical side. Every time they come up against a physical presence, it looks to me of they don't look happy. Um, and a lot of people are harping on about Julian for the goal, right? It, it was his fault. He did have a, a difficult day, but I thought Ayer was, mm. was the same. They just looked unsettled. I don't um, think either of them are defensively minded though, Barry, do you? It seems to me like they'd rather be on the ball and bring it out for the back than actually defend yeah, and tackle people. For me, I want my centre-backs to defend first and foremost. You've got to, especially up here, you come up against some physical players. Kabamba for, for Kilmarnock yesterday was really physical. Lyndon Dykes, um, Cosgrove up at Aberdeen. But every time the, the two Celtic defenders come up against these type of players, they don't enjoy it. I even thought that their form in the second half of the season was better playing in a three because mm. Simunovic was the type that wanted to go and defend and it allowed they to, mm. to then concentrate on bringing the ball out for the back but for me El Hamed would be the, my pick mm. if you can keep El Hamed fit due to the fact that he's got pace like you say Barry the amount of times that Kilmarnock won the ball back and because Celtic's two full backs were so high that space we just clipped the ball in that space 2v1 and the striker would always get there before them and for me, they're no reading defensively. They're more concentrating on, can I get on the ball and play here, other than thinking, right, the ball's up the pitch for us, we need to be sound defensively here. And I just don't think they think that way. And that's why, for me, Celtic need a commanding centre-back. Yeah, I, I thought Lenny came out, he, look, he defended them. But I think when that dressing, uh, dressing room door was <laughs> yeah. closed behind oh, yeah. the four well, walls... Well, let's, let's listen, Barry, to what Neil Lennon said. Yeah, it's, it's poor, but, um, you know... Chris will get better as the season goes on. Just he needs more games. Um, he's a bit of a slow starter last year as well. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's sloppy from his point of view. But um, look, we're not going to throw anybody under the bus. It's a team effort. You know, we didn't do enough to win the game, or didn't create enough chances to win the game. We certainly had enough momentum, particularly in the second half, to have won it. I think your point is that Chris Julian is six foot seven. Ayers probably six four or six five. They're both big guys, big physique. And they shouldn't be getting pushed around by one Kilmarnock striker. No, they, both of them are a, a physical specimen of a player. They're far too uh, good looking to play centre half, isn't they? He's something yeah. face like me playing centre half. Uh, but <laughs> L- L- Lenny's come out and defended them, but believe me, after that game, he would have um, went through them, Rob. There's, there's no doubt in my mind. Um, and I think that's an area that Lenny will be looking to strengthen. 
Um, I think they need a bit of competition as well because I think both of them know they're going to play every single week. So you need that bit of competition, knowing that you've got to be at the top of your game to keep that starting place. So 1-1 at Rugby Park, 3-0 Rangers, sorry Ali, against St Mirren at Ibrox <laughs> yesterday. And this was Stephen Gerrard afterwards. Around performance, I thought we were very dominant, uh, certainly for large parts, you know, against a good, organised St Mirren team. You know, Jim's been going on all week about how, how well they've started the season and how strong and how well they're defending. So I've got to give my, my lads credit because we found the answers. We were set a challenge to, to beat the block and, and beat a compact defence and um, we showed good patience and eventually, you know, the goals came. There were frustrating moments in the match for Rangers because they absolutely dominated it, like Aberdeen, especially in the first half. It took a while, uh, but if you'd given them 3-0 beforehand, Barry, I guess they would have taken that. Yes, definitely, but that was a probably worrying thing for the manager at half-time. Again, getting in 1-0, we've been so dominant with the ball. Um, they could have had another couple of goals, but listen, they came out in the second half. They did a shaky five minutes if I'm being honest with you but after they settled down again they got that second goal it looked as if they could have went on and got another couple more but listen you take 3-0 um, it's been a good start of the season some good football and Morelos is back scoring goals i seen a, an interview with the manager that he had a, a chat with him on Saturday and it was I was interested to see if he would he, he would have started and to me he looked on it yesterday he looked a bit brighter a bit fresher um, and they got his two goals so overall you take the three points Yeah, scored two and he was very much involved in the, the own goal as well because it was him mm. that flashed the ball across goal and suddenly um, Stephen Gerrard himself says the complexion up front in that striking department looks a whole lot different uh, You know, a couple of weeks ago I felt really vulnerable because Jermaine Defoe was out injured uh, we've only really got Morelos it, it wasn't the place I wanted to be in it was important we got strike force uh, strike power in and we've gone and done that and now we've got loads of numbers we've got Jermaine Defoe close to a return we've got Roof close to a return um, so yeah I'm, I'm much more uh, happy now than I was a few weeks ago yeah it's amazing Si how things can uh, change very quickly it is uh, I must say Rob I struggle to watch the game when it's you commentating it do you? Uh, <laughs> Why is that? Because you're like, that's just my pal. Tones, isn't it? I just find myself wondering. Uh, do I just... don't know what to tell you when my mind wanders, actually. But, uh, <laughs> but again, for Rangers, it's just... Is that in a good way? Yeah, it's like, it's remember, it's only five o'clock. <laughs> uh, just uh, similar to what I said when they played Aberdeen. I mean, I really enjoy watching Rangers' rotation and movement in the middle of the pitch. Um, and like Barry says, that's not just by accident. It's hours on the training on the training field. You speak to these guys that rave about Michael Beale. And you can really see where, what he's doing on uh, week to week. Um, I just think they're all very good at handling the ball in that area of the pitch. And, and one thing that I did see yesterday, which the boys have obviously been listening to the show, was I thought Kamara and Jack were getting a lot closer mm. to St Mun's box. And I think Kamara can do that. You know, I watched a couple of times uh, earlier on or last season where he's sitting very deep. I think he can be that guy like a Callum McGregor that can get close to the box and slip people in. So I think Gerard's probably encouraging that more from his midfielders. Go and be that extra man uh, in the attacking half of the pitch. It's a great start for Rangers, isn't it, Barry? Um, Hibbs and Ross Kenty are up there as well. Maybe a couple of surprise packages, or Paul McGinn might say different about Hibbs. But for Rangers, uh, Celtic have spilled points already yesterday. Rangers are on maximum. Yeah, it's the kind of start you would have wanted, Rob. Um, but listen, we're only two games in. Let, let's not get carried away. There's oh, come there. on, let's get carried away. <laughs> no, I, I'm not going to get carried away. There's still 36 games. But Rangers are, are moving in the right track. They've made a few good signings. There's real competition for places. And I'm glad Sai brought that up yesterday. It was good 
the way the midfield operated yesterday because I don't like two holding midfielders mm. staying behind the ball all the time Jack went forward a few times Kamara sat back and then vice versa so the the midfield impressed me yesterday but overall Rangers are, are in good shape look a better team with Balogun as well don't they they, yeah, didn't, they didn't look as vulnerable on the counter attack yeah, Rangers with his pace yeah again he's a big powerful centre back he can play the game but he's um, him and Golston are, are setting up a good partnership and then I've got to be honest with you Thursday night in the European game I thought Hollander mm. played pretty well so now he's back fit there's real competition for places and that's what you need Rob it's Barry Ferguson, it's Cy Ferry, it's Ali Defoy, it's Rob McLean, it's the GOAT Radio Football Show, and it's you as well on 0808 17 17 700. The GOAT Radio Football Show. We just love talking football, just as well, really, because we're on two hours every night, five till seven. Uh, the GOAT Radio Football Show, Rob McLean, Ali Defoy, Barry Ferguson, Cy Ferry, and we've got star guests for you coming later as well. Uh, we have Craig Gordon and Frank McAvenny with the National Clinical Director, Jason Leach, joining us. And very soon, we're going to be talking to Hibs defender, Paul McGinn, you'll be on your way home and uh, finding out, if you don't know already, about the draws today, the European draws. Celtic will play Ferenc Varos, the Hungarian team, or Djurgården, uh, the Dutch, uh, the Swedish champions, even if they beat KR Reykjavik next week. So that's the second qualifying round draw, which has taken place today. Those games on the 25th or 26th of August. As for the Europa League, Aberdeen will play NSI Runovic of the Faroes or Barrytown United. I remember them when they were Barrytown of Wales in the first qualifying round of the Europa. Motherwell against Glen Torren of Northern Ireland or HB Torshavn from the Pharaohs. Remember the Pharaohs, Barry? That uh, puts a, that puts a chill down your spine, oh, doesn't it? That was um, that was a. You are drinking that wine, I, know, I might open that wine. <laughs> what a pronunciation, though. Yeah, uh, we we were on that. We were on the cliff cliff top, and uh, was it tough tier? That game was, and I think we Two were all down at we, were, we were all poised to jump off the the cliff. I think um, at that game, but uh, Scotland came back thanks to you. You and Lambo's team talk. I think it was at halftime, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, Oh, it was a, a harsh team talk to be fair we, we came in and um, Lambo took control and, and Tommy uh, Tommy Burns a late great uh, Tommy says about two minutes and then Lambo took over and then everybody just started arguing and uh, at the end of the day it's not acceptable is it we were too down to the butchers and bakers and candlestick makers yeah, and they were we? the better team Rob I know, they, I there know. was no why, excuses why was that why was that I just think we went out with the attitude thinking right they're part time it's Pharaohs, which is not the right attitude to, to have. But thankfully, we we get back into the game with the second 45 minutes. Lambo scoring, and uh, thankfully I got the uh, equaliser. But it was a it was a tough one, and we knew it was coming the next day, and we deserved um, all the the stuff that was written in the press. Uh, not one of the players in um, in that squad could have could have uh, argued. I was commentating from my bedroom um, in that game. I'll tell you that story uh, at another time. Let's talk to the Hibs defender, Paul McGinn. Paul, welcome to the Go Radio Football Show. Hello, Paul. Are you there, Paul McGinn? He's still got a top-up phone. He's probably not topped up. <laughs> oh. I, I mean, I talked about Hibs being a surprise package. Maybe that's Maybe that's unfair. Maybe they... You expected them to be there uh, under Jack Ross, six points out of six, Barry. Yep. I mean, if you look at the Hibernian squad, there's um, a lot of quality in that squad. Good players that have played at um, 
good levels Played with some good clubs um, So I, I'm not surprised at the start they've had And he's made a couple of very good signings um, in Kevin the Nisbet Kevin Nisbet Listen as a boy he's, he's done it at Wraith Rovers in League One He's went and done it at Championship level with, with Dunfermline and um, he's got his, his first hat-trick on, on Saturday and it was a very good hat-trick I thought his movement at mm. some of the goals was was top class um, so I'm not surprised that Hibs have had that, that type of start because Jack Ross is a manager that um, certainly when he was at St Myrna I enjoyed watching his St Myrna teams the football they played Yeah. and I thought he got harshly dealt with when he went down to Sunderland I thought he'd done a good job down there as well and he's come up to, to Hibs and he's carried it on I quite liked the interview with, with Kevin so Nisbet after the match as well. He just struck me as very level-headed. Mm. And I think I thought, this is not going to be a flash in the pan. This guy's going to be 15 or 20 goals, maybe minimum. But he is level-headed, Rob, but he also has that confidence in himself, doesn't he? Because mm. the, the interviewer says to him, did you back yourself to score goals in the Premier League? He said, absolutely. And what I really like about Kevin Nisbet is he got released from Patrick Thistle. He's had that wee, that wee blow where he's had to move down in the leagues to come back up. As as Barry says, going to Wraith Rovers to Dunfermline and out of Hibs. And I, I seen him play last year a couple of times. Uh, and I actually told Portsmouth down south, I'm still tight with the chief exec down there, text him saying you should sign the boy Nisbet at Dunfermline. They thought it was maybe just a level too, too low. Uh, he need to prove himself a higher level first. But for me, he'll score goals. And, and I love the fact that Jack Ross plays two up front. I think it's a dying breed in Scotland now. I don't, say, I don't think you see many teams doing it. But Barry, you know yourself... Like we say with Griffiths and Edward, two up front is a real handful for, for centre halves, isn't it? It makes a difference. I I, I like playing two up top yeah. if possible if you've got two good strikers and certainly Hibs have got two good strikers just now. Um See, when you've two up front it, it forces you to pass it forward, maybe. Yeah, it, it does, it does. But I, I just going back on this but I just love the fact that he looks hungry. Mm. He yeah. looks as if he's got something to prove. Mm. He as uh, Sai said he he get let go for Patrick Thistle and it would have been easy for that boy just to Right, fall out, uh, fall out the game. Mm. But he's went down the leagues, worked hard. He's got his move up to the championship, and he's come into the Premier League. And I, I'm you, Rob. I think easily he should be expecting to score fifteen or twenty goals because yeah. I think he's got real good quality. And fair play to Big Dodge as well because he had a hard start. And you know, yeah, I mm-hmm. don't think Dodge will score as many goals as this, but but I think he'll do a lot of his donkey work. I remember a game at Aberdeen, uh, Hibs against Aberdeen, mm-hmm. where he'd four one on ones with Joe Lewis, and he didn't score at all. Christian Dodge, and and he was having a nightmare. Yep. And f- and almost from there, the following week, he he then suddenly couldn't stop scoring. I'm just going to see if we've got Paul McGinn. Paul, listen, I know Paul McGinn. It's probably better if we didn't get him on the phone. He's part of the <laughs> what oh, was going never. What? I'm only joking. See in terms of. Dodge, I think it was up at McDermott Park I think one hit off his backside yeah. and that kicked him on yeah. and then he went on to score I think 12 to 15 goals so I, I'm with say si, if you've got two good centre forwards and I think they could bounce off each other um, pretty well I think I mean you look at that Hibs team Scott Allen, Allen was yeah. on the bench Yeah, I mean Scott Allen for me has got good qualities as well so it shows you the strength of the squad that Ross Jack's got there. He's a player, isn't Jack he? Jack Ross, he, sorry. He, he, yeah. <laughs> Ross Jack yeah, Ross. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ex-Norwich as well. Um, one question I wanted to ask you, Si, about Hibs was, could they be a long-term factor? I mean, they're top at the moment. Do you think they could hang about up there? Definitely. I think they've they've got guys that have been there, you know, Hanlon and, and Lewis Stevenson. They're Hibs through and through. They, they'll set standards there. Mm. Uh, I said it a couple of weeks ago that Gogic, for me, is a great signing. Something that Hibs have missed for a few for a while now. I think Bartley used to do it well. I think they try to bring Milligan in the Australian guy, but for me, he wasn't really up to the up to the standard and the pace of the game. 
Uh, I watched Gogic at Hamilton last year and, and he'll be brilliant for him. Just sitting in that defensive position right. and breaking up play. I also think they've got a future Scotland centre-half, Portis. I oh, think. Aggressive. Yeah, yeah, real aggressive. I, I know sometimes he went over the, the ball a few times last year, but that's young. He, he'll learn for that. I think if he gets a run of games, he stays injury clear. I think Hibs have got a top centre-half and I think he could be a future Scotland centre-half. I think he's that good. Another he's thing you need for me, sorry Rob, is, is pace. I think pace in Scotland plays a big part in Horgan on one side and, and Boyle on another. Yeah. They're a real handful for any any defence. Yeah, you don't want Martin Boyle running at you with the ball, no, ideally. Um, Ross County are, are top six out of six and, and nothing freakish about that either when you look at the quality of football they're playing. Do you know what? I actually downplayed Ross County, which now that I look at the squad, I regret because... Ian Viger is a lovely football player. I've known Ian since he was a young, young boy. He's a captain there now. And he'll be very good in, in the SPL. I think the SPL will suit him better than the Championship. You get that wee bit more time on the ball. Uh, and, and Ross Stewart, wow, what a revelation. I played against Ross Stewart when he was at Albion Rovers. And I'll be honest, I didn't think he'd go any higher than League One. So fair play to him. And another one who's turned it round. Again, talking about Chris Burke and watching Ross Stewart run up and down the left wing. Uh, for Ross County and you've, if you've got guys like that in, in your team and it seems like they've got a great spirit there mm. I think Ross County will be alright this year Th- There must be St Mirren fans crying their eyes out about Ross Stewart because they gave mm. him away practically didn't they two years ago yep. Yes <laughs> <laughs> You can confirm St Mirren fans are crying their you eyes out yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's said You just brought it up again <laughs> I was getting over it Yep he's a He's a work in progress as well. I think he's he's going to get better. Um, and I, I just like the, the feeling at Ross County just now. I think there's a good team spirit there, as, as I mentioned also. And they're going about their business quietly. He's made some good signings over the summer as well. Um, you've got to give him credit for that. And six points for two games, you can't beat that. Mackay guarantees your goals, Rob, as well, yeah. doesn't he? He's yeah. been there and done it in the SPL. He scores goals. Yeah. Harry Payton seems to be a developing talent there. There's another one, Rob. Do you know what? He's gave me the runaround a few times. He was at Stenhouse. Does, that, does he have to be good this for is that? A, this is a common theme, isn't it? People <laughs> give me the runaround, but uh, Harry Payton was on loan at Stenhouse Muir, and I, I remember the first time I played him. I think, who's this? I think he's Canadian, isn't he? But every time he got the ball, he was one of the centre midfielders, Barry. You hate playing mm. against him. Hayes was like this at Aberdeen when I was at Dundee. Every time he got the ball, he would drive forward with the ball. He wasn't looking to play simple, safe passes. And I watch him again on, on Saturday and I think maybe now he's gone up to the SPL he'll start playing safe. But he was brilliant. You know, as I say, getting the ball, driving at people. Uh, and they're a dying breed for me, centre midfielders that want to drive forward with the ball. So, so it's great to see Harry Payton doing well because I think he's, he's a big talent. What do you want to talk about? Talk to Si, talk to Barry, Rob McLean, Ali Defoy as well on the Go Radio Football Show. We'll see if we can get the phone system working, uh, which would be a major bonus. 0808 17 17 700. Spoke about Celtic already, four points out of six for them in the Premiership. Disappointing day at Rugby Park yesterday, but a really strong start to the season from Mickey Mellon and Dundee United. Yeah, and I'm delighted. I, I know Mickey pretty well. Um, I got to know him when I stayed down in Lytham. Um, that's where Mickey lives. Oh, it's just, lovely down there. Uh, it's beautiful. It's lovely down there. Some great bars oh. down there. Um, and delighted he's got the opportunity to come up and, and work in the Premier League because he's he's done the hard graft down in England. He's he's uh, brought Fleetwood up for the conference. He's also done the same uh, with Tramia. Um So I'm not surprised he's he's had a decent start. Um, I think once he gets his Himself settled down, he'll be a very good appointment for Dundee United. And that's without Lauren Shankland. Yeah, it is. Um, done great. 
Uh, I think Shrewsbury done really well as well. Mm-hmm. His record in South very good. Uh, I like Dundee United. Um, Hark's in the middle of the pitch, absolutely gorgeous, but also can play. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, have you seen him? But do you know what else I'm delighted for? You're all well, about the leaks, aren't you? <laughs> There's something wrong with I'm me. Should <laughs> be the other way around. Barry doesn't notice, but I keep crawling cl- closer and closer to him. <laughs> I can see you. <laughs> they call him superficial size. <laughs> but do you know who else I'm delighted for? Rob? Because I really liked him at Aberdeen as well. He went down south and never had a great time. Peter Pollock. I really thought Peter Paul it was a, a talent at Aberdeen. Mm. Again, another one that I used to hate playing against, but um, his deliveries at set pieces are really good. And, and I think Dundee United will get a lot of chances from that. Um, and again, they've got a good base with Reynolds and Connolly, who've been there and done it with Kilmarnock and Aberdeen and, and teams like that. So I think it's looking good for Dundee United. And the, for Mickey Mellon, it's just breathing space, isn't it? Mm. When you've just mm. gotten the job. Because it, if it goes the other way, you lose your first couple of games the Dundee United fans start saying, who's this guy? Where did he come from? You know, whose idea was Mickey Mellon? But but suddenly he's got a bit of time. He's got four points out mm. of six and he's got some confidence flooding through the place. Yep, and he would have been disappointed last week against St. Johnson when them get down to 10 men um, not to see that game out. So, uh, I mean, I know he, he loves being on the, the, the training field and, and coaching as well. He's a really good coach, Mickey. So, yeah, gives him a bit of breathing space. Good start, four points. It's always a difficult place to go as well, Fir Park. Um, and to come away with three points from there, he's, he's got to be delighted. And I think over time, he'll want to add as well. He's been hoping that he wants to give the guys that have got them promoted the chance. But I still think you'll see him bring in one or two more players. Barry mentioned Fir Park, and of course the other side of that coin is Motherwell. I mean, wow. who would have guessed that they would have go through the first two at home? Uh, sorry, up in Dingwall against Ross County, then at home to Dundee United. You might have a them down for four out of six. They've got zero. Yeah, it's fine lines with Motherwell, isn't it? I think both games they could have won. You know, the Ross County they missed a penalty and had a lot of chances against Dundee United. It's quite an open game. I think Stephen Robinson's still trying to find his best eleven in in in, in a position for David Turnbull. Mm. I think he started at wide left against Ross yeah. County. He was playing in the middle um, Saturday, but he then has to leave Polworth out to get Turnbull in. For me, Polworth's a lovely footballer. Yep. I think it'd be a great balance with Campbell, Polworth, and and, and Turnbull in there. Uh, that would be the three. But I, I, he's not I think that yet. I think that would yeah. be a, a great mix. The three Polworth was he was always a player at Inverness. Yes, it always was. stood out like a sore thumb. And last year. Coming into the Premier League, I thought he was excellent for Motherwell. Um, Campbell's that gritty, determined midfielder, and it's it's a strange one. I, if you look at Motherwell's squad, and we spoke about it last last weekend here, mm. they've got a strong squad. It's, f- it's funny, isn't it? Because I mean, you want competition yep. for places. Mm. That, everybody sometimes everybody talks yeah. about that, but but sometimes it actually takes you away from just a tight starting eleven. Yep, and there's a lot of competition there. And we're going about. I think Turnbull's. It's going to take him a wee bit of time. Let's not forget the boy had a serious injury and he's had a long road back. But I think in time he is. He's a proper footballer. I really like him. I think um, they've got the same problem up top as well, don't they? Because he brought Jordan mm. White in on Saturday, but they want to be a passing team. Yep. When Jordan White said it's easy for the centre backs to go long, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And I thought, I think Motherwell are in a, in a kind of period where they didn't know whether it be passing it or whether it be kicking it, whether they're playing Turnbull left or in the centre. I think he just needs to get a, an eleven set. You only yourself. I hate when managers chop and change every week. You want yeah. to set a living that you mm-hmm. know, this is how he plays, this is how I play and this is how the team plays. Yeah, but I mean, you, you find that out quite a lot now, managers chop and change. I, I don't like that. No. The living, if the living are doing well, you keep them. And then it's up to somebody going off with a bad bit of forum, somebody getting a, a suspension, then the door opens for somebody to come in. I don't like chopping and changing too much, but I think... Stephen Robinson is in that stage where he's unsure of what his best 11 are because if you look at his 
he scored as I said before a lot of quality there mm. a lot of quality I'll yeah. tell you why I don't like Chopman changing because it's usually me that gets chopped and <laughs> <laughs> The football keeps on coming doesn't it? A double header yesterday and we're backside tomorrow night with uh, Dundee United against Hibs at uh, Tannadice in a full programme in the midweek because Wednesday night at 6 St Mirren Celtic and Paisley Rangers St Johnston Motherwell Livingston Aberdeen Hamilton and Ross County uh, Kilmarnock so uh, those subs benches are going to be utilised aren't they? Uh, Please the, don't the, say the, subs the... bench to me Rob it brings back <laughs> very bad memories but of course, it's uh, you know it's nine on the bench this season, and and maybe the the amount of football that's coming away at the moment underlines the need for that, Barry. Yeah, I can understand the, the amount of games that they'll need to squash in. Um, it's a lot of football to be played. Um, but bear in mind that the guys will be desperate to play football. Rob, they've they've missed the last three or four months. There's been no football, obviously, with the the coronavirus. So if I'm a player, I'd just be desperate to play. As much as I, I, I could. See, if you were a manager though, Barry, would, would you like that? Nine subs? What do you mean, if? I thought you were. <laughs> no, that's nice of me. We'll find out in a couple of months. <laughs> Barry, he started the mind games already, <laughs> <laughs> building up to that. I'm the only I'm person who picked up on that. I'm too experienced to get involved in no, that. Nine, nine subs, is that not too much? Yeah, but you can understand with the, the games. That, I mean, I, I think between now and, and Christmas, what is it? Teams are looking at playing in between 35 and 40 games. It's a lot of games. Mm. A lot of games. It is Barry Ferguson's Kelty Hearts against Simon Ferry and Peterhead in the group stages <laughs> of us. the League This could end in tears. It's the Go Radio Football Show 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show. You're with the Go Radio Football Show. Rob McLean, Ali Defoy, Barry Ferguson, Cy Ferry. And uh, we've got all sorts of star guests lined up for the next couple of hours. <laughs> all we, on hold. <laughs> if all on hold. Everything's on hold at the moment. Uh, but the league cap's not on hold because the draw for the group stages took place today. It starts early October. Uh, it won't include uh, initially Celtic Rangers, Motherwell and Aberdeen, our four uh, European representatives. I gave you those European draws earlier on, the qualifiers for the Champions League and the Europa League. St. Johnson and Dundee United, the only two Premiership teams drawn together. And of course, they've struck it really unlucky because they've got Kelty Hearts and Peterhead as well as Brechin in their group. There will be a Renfrewshire derby that's guaranteed uh, from the group draw. Ali will be pleased. St Mirren and Morton are in the same group. Fair bit of rivalry isn't there Ali between those two sets of supporters? Just a smidgen yeah just a wee tad but it'll be exciting be good to get a wee uh, well we haven't had a derby for ages. Talking of uh, St Mirren as well, former Saints defender Lee Hudson on the move again, ex of Rangers as well. I think uh, most recently he was at Gillingham. Uh, he has joined Hamilton. Brian Rice has signed up Lee Hudson. I think he's been chasing him for a while. That deal is done uh, till the end of the season. So that adds to uh, Hamilton's options defensively. Uh, Hearts have signed uh, winger Jordan Roberts, ex of Inverness Cali Thistle. Uh, he's uh, come to the end of his contract at Ipswich Town. You might remember him playing up in the Highlands a, a few years back. And he's a surprise move, certainly to me, Cy. Uh, Hearts winger Callum Morrison uh, has gone to Falkirk. Great for Falkirk, but uh, he's looked a really decent player, more than decent player to me, 21-year-old Callum Morrison. I think it was last season, the start of the season, he was probably Hearts' best player. It's absolutely baffled me that he's went to League One. Again, I've played against him, he went on loan. can't remember where it was, but he was outstanding at that level. I know I said about Ross Stewart, didn't think he could go any higher, but the boy Morrison was was exceptional at League One level. Do you know what I'm, it's killing me, though? 
I'm talking about playing against guys like Morrison and you've played against like Vera and that. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing? I'm killing myself here, isn't it? But, uh, no, that's a, that's a surprise for me. Falkirk will be the, the favourites in our league uh, along with Patrick Thistle uh, and signings like that will, will certainly help him. Do you know him, Barry, now? I've seen him a couple of times and uh, we were talking off air. Um, he is a surprise mm. that Hearts have let him go. Um, he, he's somebody who always impressed when I've when I seen him. But that's Ro- Robbie's now in charge. He'll be wanting to make his... His own um, signings and, and build his own squad, um, but I, I think Robbie Nielsen going to Hearts is a, a good bit of business for Hearts. I don't think he's a Robbie Nielsen type player. You know, I think he likes bigger, stronger guys. Uh, Robbie yeah, Nielsen, didn't he? I mean, you just had to look at he's done the United yeah. team. They were they were a big physical presence. Football wise, they weren't great. What I mean, every game. I mean, the games that were on last last season and the Friday night that I would sit down and watch. Wasn't it great football? No, but I agree. They were a physical, strong team. Um, and I'm sure that I mean he's got success in the championship. That's why Hearts have went from. Um, and I'm sure he'll build the, the Hearts team similar to what he's done the United team well. My, mate, my mates are big Dundee United fans, and the, they thought that Nielsen's football wasn't going to, mm-hmm. and, and they thought it was quite negative. And I think they were delighted with the way Mellon spoke after the game about their history and that Dundee United should be coming to Motherwell and competing. So they've said that Mellon's a breath of fresh air compared to Robbie Nielsen. But Robbie got them promoted. Yeah. I mean, they've been trying for the last three years. Uh, fans have got to decide what they want they want promotion or they want nice football that's not going to get you promoted I mean Robbie got them the job done Um, you can't have it both ways can you Robbie Nielsen's got a habit of moving on unexpectedly because he left Hearts after doing a pretty good job there it appeared as well anyway uh, all change for Robbie Nielsen Uh, we're talking about Hamilton and uh, the new signing of Lee Hodson Uh, Brian Rice the manager will be with us on the Goat Radio Football Show tomorrow night so if you've got a question for Brian, fire it in. If you've got a question for <laughs> Frank McAvenny, fire it in. Because Frank, the legend that is, joins us now. Hi, Frank. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Hey. <laughs> Frank, what's happening, mate? <laughs> All right, si. I'm good, mate. How are you? How are you doing? How are you doing, Mark? How are you? My, favorite, my second favourite is the Mung supporter, Ali. How second? Who's beat me? Tony Fitzpatrick, mate. He's a top man. Do you know, out of anyone, the the fact that you've said him, I'm okay with that. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I must ask, Barry, Barry, what were you saying about Frank McAvenny on the golf course again? Oh, he cheats. (laughs) He cheats at golf. There's no doubt. What does it want? Go for a mulligan every time. No, do you know what happened? We were playing up Glen Eagles and two four balls. Frank was, uh, Mark, I saw it was in front of us. And I was coming up the 18th. I had a great drive at the 18th, and as I've just went round a pitch, I'm doubting. A... I'm doubting this story already. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was a great drive, Mark. It was a good drive. It was a great drive. Right, thanks. Hundred. I think it was 115 yards. Got my pitching wedge out, and I looked up, and they'd tied a Celtic strip. <laughs> and you know where my ball went, didn't it, it you? Didn't, it, it, it didn't hit the green either. Uh, I tried to hit you, mate. <laughs> Why are you laughing at Barry said you're part of a four, four ball there, Frank? It's Monday night. Have you been out since Friday? Is that you just getting in? That's me just in, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're joking. No days have gone now. I'm a, I'm a house man. I'm just a. Uh, Quiet guy now, playing golf and uh, don't, do, don't do a lot else to be honest. I know you are, I'm missing you. Frank, can't, can't, can't do anything in this, this, with this or this. I mean, the fact that the fact you have to order and book a pub. <laughs> 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 are you still managing to dye your hair, though? You still managing to get the highlights no, in? 
But it's natural blindness. <laughs> <laughs> Frank, I need to ask you a football question. I know as much as you hate it, but I need to yeah, ask okay, you. Okay, all right, go on. Uh, Celtic <laughs> at the weekend, mate. I know you are massive on uh, playing two strikers up front. Is it time yeah. that Celtic put Lee Griffiths back in or get a striker in that can play with Edward? I, I don't know about the situation with, with Griffiths because for me, he's, he's, he should be playing. I, I think if he says not right, then it, they obviously Lenny can't play him. So. Uh, I don't know, the, the boy Clamala. I mean, I think Edward would be better with two. I mean, I thought it was... When Griff came in last year, I, I didn't think Edward could get better, but playing with Griff up front, I thought the two of them were outstanding. They were getting a wee, a wee thing going, you know, their one-twos and all that, and I thought it was I thought it was magnificent football we were watching. But that's, you know, I'm not, I'm not bad to tell you more. I don't know why he didn't do that. I mean, maybe it's a plastic pitch. He didn't want to play two up front. I don't know. I really... I don't know why he didn't go for it. I thought there were too many, you know, too many good players in the midfield just wanted to pass it and pass it. And you, you know, you know what Commander's going to do. They're just going to sit there, aren't they? Mm. And you've got to find a way through. Sometimes I know it sounds. Sometimes get down and get it in the box. You know, I I, I don't see that anymore. Yeah. And sometimes that's what you've got to do. Um, and to be fair, Commander, they they knew that their two fullbacks, Celtic's two fullbacks, are going to bomb forward. So all they done is hit the space in behind him. The big boy, the big boy Caramba. What a name that is! The big boy. <laughs> I said that earlier. I think it's brilliant. <laughs> I think it's a great name, big Caramba. You can imagine the couple. Oh, but Caramba's. I, I think he can go far. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> just because of his I, I name. Thought, I, thought was, I thought it was. I thought it was magnificent. Yes, honestly, what? I thought he gave him a tory time. And if he if he keeps like that, I think he'll get. He'll, he'll give every defence a hard time, you know, because he's a big, powerful boy. I, I just thought Julian and I, I could, mm. it was letting them pull them about, you know. And I just thought, you know what, you can't do that. Mm. You know, at one point, at one point, I, I was out at the corner flag with him. And he's, he's holding them off. I'm saying, what's your saying half doing out there? You know, that's you know, let, let the boy Taylor take, deal with that, you know. But that's me. I don't know. It was just, I was just, I think it was a bad deal round for Celtic yesterday. They didn't have the, the, you know, that smoothness that they had last week. You know, maybe it's a plastic pitch. I don't. I don't know. I mean, it's. I didn't like playing that, to be honest with you. But I know it's. It's there, and we can't do nothing about it. You're not getting to speak in the house, Frank. Now. Yeah. You're not getting to talk in the house now. <laughs> Would you take... nice to our guests. <laughs> Would you take Fletcher? Would you take, Would you take Fletcher, Frank? <clears throat> I don't know if he's going to get a game. I think if he wants to come up and make some money, I don't know if he's got. A... I, I can't. I can't understand what you're talking about at the beginning about Griff because I think Griff's better than Fletcher right, if he's fit and ready. So and then they've got the boys Clamara coming through and he's pushing for a place. Um, so that that's three of them. I don't know about Fletch would obviously you know bring him in, but I'd be. I don't know if he, how many game how much game time they get because. Uh, if they see them, he's not going to get much game time, is he? The, the other one that's been mentioned, Frank, is Albion Ajeti at West Ham. What do you make of him? Well, he's that good he's not played for a first-team game, has he? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good recommendation, isn't it? Just been honest. Listen, I, don't, I don't know the boy. I, I mean, I'm, a, I was, I'm an ex-West Ham player and I don't know the boy, so... That's why I, I asked I you, because of your legendary status. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the boy, so... Um, so I don't know how that would fit. I mean, if it... I don't know if, he, if he's not going to make it down England. You know, it's it's a bit more physical and quicker up here. So I don't know. I, 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 
the answer is I don't really know the boy. I've not got anything I can say about the boy because I've asked a couple of people and they've gone, who? <laughs> <laughs> Frank, Frank, do you think Celtic need to go in? He's just laughing at yourself, isn't it? You've got, you so got a great go. laugh, Frank. Do you think know, Celtic need to go out and sign a few players? I think they're going to send them, you know, but listen, Celtic do it every season, don't they? They wait to the end. And you've got to just, you know, have faith in, in the management and and the people above that they're going to come out with it because I think they need to because you've seen the fury, the fury about the papers the day about they dropped two points already and you know, it's going to be that way all season because it's such an important season. Um, but that's, Barry will tell you that's the way it used to be. If you drop points, we used to, if we dropped points, we used to come off see how Rangers got on and that's the way it was. Maybe, you know, if, maybe like, of course, Frank, there's a feeling inside Celtic that to win 10 in a row, they actually don't need to sign anybody else. The the squad is already good enough. I think they are, but you know, but there's, there's games like yesterday. Um, I think, you know, the other, the other side, the, the city's up for it. I think they're, they're up for the big time. I think on, you look at both squads, I do believe Celtic's got a better squad. Um, they've got some players still to come back, you know, your Rodgers and all that kind of stuff. Wonderful players. So, um, I don't, I don't know. Lenny's got to get the balance right, and, and yesterday that didn't work. There was too many um, good players, but I never seen three passes in the midfield. We were trying things that just wasn't coming on. Sometimes you just got to put it down the wing and get it in the box. And uh, I'd like to have seen that more. Frank, it'll be interesting to, to know Barry. Do you remember playing against Frank? He's told me the story. You know, you played against him. <laughs> I played against him. Yeah, in a reserve game. I right, tell remember us a story, Frank. <laughs> Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday afternoon, pouring the rain, pouring the rain at Ibrox. I was I was coming back for the injury, and you were playing. It was there was Duncan Ferguson's making his comeback for the injury, big dunk, and there was forty thousand people there, and you made me in the first minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been at the right before, I, so I, I, thought, I, thought, I sort of I sort of close pulled you. <laughs> I thought cheeky little. But anyway, <laughs> I'm glad you stopped there, Frank. I know, I know, but it was uh, yeah, it was good fun. It was good fun. <laughs> Pouring the rain, there's forty thousand people in a Glasgow Glasgow afternoon. Great, <laughs> Apparently, Frank, the rumours are, are flying around um, that uh, a jetty is in Glasgow to sign a one-year loan <coughs> with a view to a permanent deal. So, despite uh, you being fairly underwhelmed about him, um, the fact, the fact, the fa- all the fa- all the fa- the fans that certainly the the talk among the fans at the moment is, is that this is about to happen. I don't. I just don't know. I, you know, I can't say about the boy. I don't know him. I, I really so unless he's came and got injured because there's a few of them at West Ham. <laughs> they, they bring him in, they get injured, and you don't see them. So I, I don't know the boy. I've no, I've not seen enough. Everything's about Hala, um, Michael, uh, Antonio. They're the boys that's been playing up front. So um, I, I don't know. Antonio's not even a striker, though, Frank. So it's, it's quite a bit. No, he's not, but he's, he's done. He's done well. They, yeah. they brought they, they brought the boy Halland. Now, if, they, if this boy is a striker, I don't know why they didn't play him beside him because they've obviously not done their homework on the big boy because the big boy can't play up front on his own. Um, you know, he was just he was hopeless. And uh, <laughs> to be honest with you, when he played, when somebody when Antonio went up front with him, it was a lot better when he's playing off a two. In Dortmund, he played with three, so that's somebody. Somebody's obviously not watched the boy because he scored a lot of goals, but it was in part of a three. 
Well, we'll so, see how it all pans out. Frank, good to talk to I you. Hope, I hope he does well, to be honest yeah. with you. I mean, obviously, but I, I don't know the boy, so I can't, I can't answer it. So. Good to talk to you, Frank, and we'll talk to you soon. Frank McAvenny, the legend Frank. that Just is Frank. on the Go Radio Football Show. News at six on the way. The Go Radio Football Show. Four minutes after six on a Monday. Rob McLean, Ali Defoy, Barry Ferguson and Cy Ferry. The Go Radio Football Show. Just before the news, we heard from Frank McAvenny. And right now, we're going to hear from Craig Gordon, the Hearts goalkeeper. Six years at Celtic, great spell at Sunderland as well. 54 Scottish Caps. If it's any more than that, he will immediately correct me. And he was starring on the telly last night, talking us through the two games played yesterday. Craig, hello. Hi, how are you doing? Very well. Did you enjoy last night, uh, pouring over those two games? It was pretty impressive. You and Maloney dovetailing beautifully. Yeah, I do. I do quite enjoy it. Um, Sean was, was excellent in his analysis. He was very well prepared. He comes in with his... Uh, laptop and uh, yeah the, the amount of detail that he can drill down into games is, is quite incredible so he was a, a big help there and it's quite interesting the job he's got with belgium yeah um uh, a real you know vast knowledge of a, a number of players and, and his tactical information watching the games was was really good to to listen to he's obviously done all his, his coaching badges and and worked under some really good coaches now uh, in his short time as a coach so to, to have him there and, and just listen to him sort of dissect those games was, was great for me as well to to appreciate what that side of it and to moving towards the end of my career what um, what is in, involved when you, you move into that coaching setup. And you just wing it beautifully. <laughs> no, I don't know about that. But I was uh, still uh, able to, to put a few uh, pointers across and, and it's good because we, we get to, to build our own packages and, and you know, work with the guys in the, the analysis uh, and on that side of things and, and get the arrows where you want them, the boxes, and then try to talk about players. So you know, it is a, a good education um, you know, to, to have that under my belt now at, at this stage of, of my career. Yeah. It's a nice little thing to, to do also. Yeah, it was a good watch last night, actually. But I, I take I take it you weren't able to read a whole lot into the, the new Celtic goalkeeper, the man who's filling the position you held for so long, Vasilis. Uh, Barkas was it a difficult day on which to be making much of a judgment about him? Yeah, absolutely. That that was my kind of remit, so to speak, um, before the the game was to to look at the goalkeepers, both um, making their their first starts and 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 come up with with something for the the game. But as it turned out, I think there was two shots on on target each and and one goal each, so there there really wasn't much to to talk about um, during that game for the for either goalkeeper. Um, so it was we had to, to change what we were we were going to talk about for, for that game and yeah time time will tell he's also gone in there he's got a big price tag and, and you know it's it's a difficult season you know there's, there's going to be pressure there from the the quest for for ten in a row you know normally there's a lot of pressure at Celtic anyway um, being in that position but especially this season so it's a it's a very difficult season for anybody to come into a new country, a new club, hit the ground running with, with so much at stake. Craig, it's Barry Ferguson here. How are you doing? No, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Were you just asked a question, were you disappointed how it ended at Celtic? Yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, it would, uh, in one hand, it would have been nice to, to still be there. Um, but, but for me, I wasn't playing. I didn't play a single 
league game um, in the the nine in a row season. Um, so I, I had to, to try and figure out a way to to get back playing. I obviously didn't know at that stage when I made my decision that, that Fraser wasn't going to come back. I, I expected that to happen. I thought that from from both sides they would they would make that deal happen and it would go through. And, and when it didn't, it was a a little bit of a surprise. But I just had to to look after myself and, and try and get back playing. I'm getting towards the end of my career now, and and to spend another year or two years sitting on the the bench, it, it didn't feel right to me. I wanted to to get out and, and play for the last few seasons and still show what I've got with the the possibility of of Scotland having a chance to to qualify for a a Euros. That that was also in the back of my mind that I, I would love to to be part of a squad that would go to our finals. Uh, I was just about to ask you that as well being in the championship do you think that'll affect anything going forward with Scotland I hope not um, you know, but I had to, to get myself playing and if I can play and play well and um, you know I think that there might be quite a lot of the, the championship games on TV so I do have a platform there to still go and play well um, and, and give the, the manager something to think about and, and that's all I can do I can only focus on myself and play as well as I can uh, and, and be available for for selection if the the manager wants to to pick me. I, I hope that you know with the experience I've got, number of caps, that that is something that can also give me a little boost on on maybe some of the other guys that are that are vying for those positions. So yeah, I'll do all that I can, and, and then it's up to the, the manager after that. What did you make, Craig, of all the the toing and froing, the court action, and all the rest of it, uh, which eventually led to Hearts relegation? being confirmed how did that all play out from your point of view um it's, it's very difficult to to understand um from from my point of view the the facts that were that were out there seemed to suggest that hearts had a a very strong case along with with Partick Thistle so well for uh, you obviously we didn't get to hear everything it was behind closed doors court of arbitration and um, going down that that route was um we didn't get to find out the exact details, but from what we we do know, it does seem quite incredible that, that Hearts and Thistle lost that case um, for me. So you know, that that was disappointing. Um, but we now, as players, just have to to get ready for the season and and go ahead and, and deal with that situation and and try and get promoted. Craig, it's Ali Defoy here. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Thanks. Um, thinking about it, this is a very strange circumstance. Joining a team and, of course, being in lockdown. What's it like? Are you able to see any of the players, train with any of them yet, or obviously you're waiting till October before your season starts? How has it been? Yeah, we're back in training now. Um, okay. This is our second week. Um, first week was in small groups. Um, there's no changing room facilities, so everybody turns up in their training gear. They meet on the pitch. Uh, first week was was keeping everybody distant. Um, now we've gone through that. We're we're getting COVID tested twice a week. Uh, we can now move into contact training, which we're we're going to start um, this week. So that's uh, something for for us all to look forward to. It's great mm-hmm. to get back out there and and actually be playing football uh, properly. So there has a lot been a lot of changes. Uh, there's there's a lot of safety in place. Um, in terms of, of wearing masks when you do have to go into the building, but everything is, is kept outside as much as possible. 
disinfecting everything. All the, the coaches have all got to go out, disinfect any equipment, any gym equipment that has been used. So there wow. is a, a huge difference um, in terms of, of the experience of, of going into training, sitting in a changing room, you know, having a, a laugh with the boys. That That's not really been happening. You finish training, you're in your car, you go home, you, you shower and eat back at home. So it's that's a big change. Um, especially at, at the top level for, for these guys to to have to, to deal with that it is, uh, it is totally different but what has to be done at the moment and to, to keep safe and to make sure that we're we're not getting any positive tests and we, we can keep training in that way Craig, it's Cy Ferry here, you alright mate? Hi, yeah, I'm good uh, As Rob said, I was very impressed with you tactically on sports scene um, is that something you're going to go into? Are you going to take the Kushti goalie coach role or are you going to see management for yourself? Uh, I think now, to start with, obviously the goalkeeping position is something that I know well, and, and that would be the probably the easier one for me to start with. But yeah, I still got ambitions to to go on. I'm, I'm very early in my my coaching badges. I need to go through all those, um, and, and that is something that I, I will be looking to do over the next few years and, and progress towards a, a coaching setup. And yeah, the the goalkeeping side of things is something that interests me primarily to, to get started but, but once I do that I do think that I would like to, to try and progress there is a a few ex-goalkeepers that have progressed into management so it's it's not impossible I do think that especially tactically now the goalkeeper is much more involved in the game and, and sees everything so I don't see any reason why goalkeepers can't move into, into management and tell the players what to do Is there a manager that's inspired you to do that over the last few years maybe Brendan Rodgers yeah, he's obviously been the, the biggest influence in, in terms of, of tactics and, and how to, to set a team up. How how he managed the club was was very impressive. He's be the the sort of pinnacle of of how to do that and and how to to change games tactically was was so impressive. Um, very rarely lost his his temper. He would just come in very calm and he would just change the tactics. And more often than not, it worked. Um, it was something that, that really inspired a lot of the players um, in that dressing room at the, the time. And I think that you know, in the years to come, you'll see a lot of guys from that team moving into, into coaching and management, such as the information that he was able to, to pass over to the, the players and the in-depth knowledge that, that they'll be able to take with them now. Is the, is the plan, Craig, to keep things at Hearts this season, even though you're in the Championship, to keep things at Premiership level, Premiership standards, and make it just one season out of the top flight and you bounce straight back? Well, yeah, that, that is the, the goal. We, we're really focused on, on doing that to, to win the league um, and to, to do it impressively and then try and use that to, to springboard back into the, the Premier League and, and, and have a right go there because that is where we, we feel we belong. Um and that that is the the sole focus of, of this season is to to go and do that as early as possible. Put teams under pressure. It's a small league, and there's not many games to be played. Only only 27, so we really need to to get off to a good start. And and that's why we are in already preparing to make sure that we are ready from the very first game to to have a real go to to get the points on the board to get us back up. Craig, that's good to hear from you. Thanks very much indeed, Craig Gordon, Scotland goalkeeper, Hearts goalkeeper. Uh, six years at Celtic, uh, not happy as he was saying to Barry about how it all ended with uh, Celtic, but he'll maybe use that anger and maybe discontent in firing himself forward. And he clearly sees himself as the Scotland goalkeeper, even playing in the championship. 
I think it's a great signing by Hearts. Um, he's always a goalkeeper. I, I was lucky enough to play with him at international level. Top class. Um, and delighted he, he got a, a bad knee injury and he came back for that as well. It looked as if he was going to end his career pretty early on. Yeah. Um, and then Celtic, I wouldn't say took a chance on him, but gave him a contract and he came in. And I, I thought he'd done a, a great job for, for Celtic. And I, I was pretty much surprised that they let him go. Because um, uh, I, I do still believe that he's a top class goalkeeper. And, 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 he, st- and he'll want to show them that, won't he? Yeah, this and, coming season. And I think he's got every chance of being the Scotland number one. Yeah. If he's playing consistently well for Hearts, I mean, Hearts at, at Tyne Castle in the Championship are still, still going to get a, a full house every mm-hmm. single week. Yeah. They're under big pressure every single week because they need to go back up into the Premier League. So um, good luck to him. Uh, 37 year old, still fit still looking after himself so I, I think he's got every chance of, of getting that number one spot back that Hearts squad could be the best championship squad of all time can it yeah it could not be even mm. you look at the back four it's three guys that could probably play for Scotland and Halkett um, Hickey and um, Suter yeah you know you've got Scotland centre forward up, Stephen Naismith up top and Liam Boyce who plays for Northern Ireland yep. what a squad for the championship yeah. they have and they're, they're under pressure um, yeah. Robbie would have known that taking the job um, and as Craig just said there their expectations is is to win the league and go straight yeah. back up, and that's the way it should be. Because for me, Hearts are a big club. I think Robbie Nielsen's realised that. That's why he took the job. That it will be a canter next year in the championship. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's no daft old Robbie, is he? So it's Hearts in the championship. It's Hibs in the Premiership, and Hibs are currently joint top of the Premiership. Uh, there was some speculation earlier that Paul McGinn might not have pl- paid his phone bill, and that was the <laughs> reason we had uh, difficulties making contact with him. But we have made contact with him now. Hi, Paul. How are you doing? Good, thank you. How are you? Enjoying uh, that feeling of um, looking at the league table. Yeah, it's a good start, but it's uh, it's all it is. Um, I'm just glad to get on the show. I'm not I'm not exactly worth the wait, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't be like that. <laughs> congratulations, Paul. It's Ali here. How you doing? How you doing? I have to say, from all of us here, congratulations on being an uncle to your niece Hannah. She looks absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good to finally get older. It was a it was a long time coming during all this, but. Um, uh, she'll be trouble, I think, she's older. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. You've been practising your telephone voice for today? <laughs> yeah, I need to get that Clive Anthony accent <laughs> on, on my phone voice. We'd, oh. we'd subtitles brought in just in case there were any there were any problems. <laughs> but uh, any truth in the rumour, Paul, that uh, there might be another McGinn with you at Hibs quite soon? There was, there's, there's been talk of, of possibly Stephen uh, joining up with you there. Is that a possibility? Yeah, I think it, it could be. He's been in training, so he's he's been doing really well. He's he's been out oh, since Christmas, I think, where he had a knee trim on an operation. So it's been up to getting him back up to speed, and he's he's been looking good in training. So he's given himself a, a good chance anyway. So we'll see we'll see where that one goes. Maybe a coaching role as well as as playing, possibly is is what we're hearing. Yeah, well, I think they had a they had a good uh, relationship with Jack, the manager at St Mirren. So. Um, they got on really well and they had a good successful time, so it, it wouldn't uh, wouldn't surprise me. But he's not getting in the, the carpool if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the third best looking McGinn. How are you, mate? <gasps> <laughs> uh, I know I'm the fourth actually, because Katie's now. <laughs> <laughs> so she has now. Listen, 
I've tipped you for third this year, okay? So just you get it and pass it to the better players, all right? <gasps> you know what? I'm right. You've got 60 minutes and you look to let the manager please take me on. <laughs> uh, is that a realistic target, Paul? Finishing third this year? Uh, I think I think it's got to be one that we'll be looking at, but um, you know what? I'm going to hit you with all the generic stuff about making us top four, top five better than last year, but... Uh, I think you've got to, you've got to try, and, try and go for it and it would be silly not to be there a club that had as big as they are not to be in the first touch, I think. Who's, uh, who's impressed you the new signings, Paul? Uh, Nisbet looks brilliant, doesn't he? Well, actually, I had I played with Kev at Thistle and he had, he had a run then. Oh, really. never know why he got released chasing your crosses, mate. <laughs> <laughs> he walked right around along the ground. <laughs> um, he, no, he, he had a run then, probably. He probably wasn't as fit as he is now. That he's, done a lot of work on that I think especially over the break and it just looks as if he's had that confidence to scoring all the time whereas he was trying to dislodge uh, Chris Doolin at Thistle which is trying to dislodge a statue basically <laughs> there, uh, he's got one up there I think so um, it was pretty hard for him to get in and he was coming on 10 minutes against Celtic 10 minutes against Rangers so it was hard for him but you just see now that he's got he's got everything really so if he, if he hit the ground running it was like he has and he could be a real for it Oh, it's Barry Ferguson here. How you doing? How you doing, Barry? Martin Boyle, he's a player. Every time I watch Hibs, he looks like a match winner. We were speaking about him last last week in the studio. Um, so I obviously played with him at, at, at Dundee. But I, I think as the years have been on, he's got better. What, what's he like? Yeah, just see, just especially attacking. He'll just stand you up every time, and he's so fast, and he just doesn't stop doing it. Every time he gets it, he'll stand you up and try. He knows that he can take an extra touch and you'll get sucked in and then he'll be too quick for you. So mm. he's just uh, he's brilliant to play with. Maybe no clacking back. It's definitely just if you can get the ball to him, he's like he's really dangerous. I don't think any fullbacks enjoy playing against him. I definitely don't like seeing him come up against him. Has he got any better in possession drills, McGinn? <laughs> That's not his game. It's five or sides on his game. The pitch is too small. <laughs> Correct. Uh, how's your favourite son, John? Flying, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's a, I was I was pleased for him to be honest because he came back from that injury and he was going into a struggling team and I thought, oh, here we go, they're going to expect him to be be unbelievable and it's really hard coming back from injury in a in a good team, never mind a team that's in a dog fight. So uh, he eventually got his form towards the end of the season and it proved enough between him and him and Grealish to drag him over the line. Is he getting a move? Don't say you don't know, you do know. <laughs> Nah, I definitely don't know. Okay, he's getting a move, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> they'll, struggle, they'll struggle to keep holding. Yeah. I, I think. Yeah. Listen, I think Celtic made an absolute mess with no, no paying that extra. I think yeah. what, was it half a million pound. I think since he's went down there, he's he's come on even mm. more, and he, he's one of the top players now. Um, certainly for the national team, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if. A big club down there. I know Aston Villa are big. I played down there for for Birmingham. I know they're a big club, but I'm talking about somebody who's going to be challenging to get into Europe. I wouldn't be surprised if if somebody's looking at, at John. Anyway, he's uh, he's not top of the league. You are at the <laughs> moment, Paul. And do you think Hibs can hang about at the top end of the Premiership? Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't see why not. I mean, hopefully, with another one tomorrow night, you build momentum and you can take it from there. And remember. Uh, the other side of the city doing it for a while a few years back so I don't see you see why we can't at least, at least for a, a good spell anyway 
Paul, what's it like working with Jack Ross again? Obviously, you worked with him at St Mirren and now at Hibs. Do you obviously enjoy that relationship? You know, I actually, I didn't work with him at St Mirren. Oh, did you not? Uh, Dumbarton, wasn't it? No, he signed, he signed me and then he got the Sunderland job. Oh, <laughs> forgot about that. Him, but what, I worked with him at Dumbarton, would you believe? So that's uh, where he knew me from. So it was a... Uh, that was probably why I was lucky to get get the movie news. That was good from then, because even though I take me some tassel. <laughs> um, <laughs> did, did the boys uh, no bother no, that he's better looking than all you now? You and your looks, <laughs> Si. Si <laughs> 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 Ferry, what is wrong with you? Paul McGinn, Paul, thanks, thanks a lot for joining us and uh, well done so far and uh, keep it going starting tomorrow night, of course, at Tanadice. That is Hibs hey, Defender. Thanks, Paul. Paul McGinn on the Go Radio Football Show. It's coming round to about... 26.25 I struggle with the, 18, I struggle with the digital clock I'm used to looking at the wee hand and the big hand if you're wondering uh, what is the current situation with Scottish football and coronavirus uh, we'll hopefully answer one or two questions for you shortly because the National Clinical Director Jason Leach will be with us and that number uh, by which you can contact us is 0808 17 17 700 The Bull Radio Football Show I think it must be catching Chris. It's the GOAT Radio Football <laughs> Show. Robert Do you know McLean. what it was? It was Barry doing stretches in the corner. Oh, I think I he put him off. Getting old stuff. <laughs> the, you... jeans, the jeans are tight in there for the stretches. Don't start. <laughs> don't you start. Don't point at me. It was sad. No, you had a go at me last week. I wasn't didn't... too happy with They were quite tight, to be fair. Listen, they're better made than you've got them, <laughs> Sorry, Rob. And see if, see if Barry fixes you with that steely stare. You know you're in trouble. <laughs> uh, it's Rob McLean, Ali Defoy, Barry Ferguson and Cy Ferry with you in the studio. We heard already from Paul McGinn of Hibs, Craig Gordon of Hearts, talking about how he left Celtic. Um, not can't great forget McAvenny either. And, oh no, Frank <laughs> we will never forget Frank McAvenny. And still lots to come on the GOAT Radio Football Show. Half an hour to go on a Monday night. Um, full midweek programme coming up. Dundee United Hibs tomorrow. St Mirren Celtic uh, tomorrow night. Rangers and St Johnston as well. St Johnston who had themselves a postponement. They weren't expecting Si at the weekend with the St Johnston Aberdeen game being called off. And of course in the course of the weekend the Aberdeen players outed themselves they named themselves they apologised to just about everybody from the ground staff to the first minister and rightly so yeah definitely I think we spoke about it on Friday um, mm. you know we've all went out when we shouldn't be going out I've done it more than probably anyone Barry probably has as well um, <laughs> but just it's when it's people's lives at risks and we've worked so hard to get the football back on these guys have got a responsibility mm. uh, and, and to be honest nobody will be feeling as bad as they are themselves you know you oh, know yourself be... with the manager and, and people on your back there's nothing worse they'll be devastated yeah. especially uh, do you know what caught me the surprise it was the more experienced mm more experienced boys I was thinking before it got named it was maybe the were you checking on family members yeah I was <laughs> I was, I was just surprised that the Ferguson never went he's, know, he so must be a <laughs> no, he's, um, he's obviously not like his dad and his, his <laughs> uncle um, but I, I was surprised but listen we all make mistakes look they've, hmm. they've let the club down there's no doubt about it they've let their teammates down they've let the manager down they've let Scottish football down but now just brush it aside and we need to move on and hopefully get they, they get the uh, their game Goes ahead on Wednesday. Rob. Sure. Well, they let's, need it. They need well, it let, let's find out. Mm. Maybe the man who can answer that question for us, the Scottish Government's National Clinical Director, Jason Leach, joins us. Hi, Jason. 
Evening, everybody. How are we doing? We're, we're, we're good, thanks. What about that, uh, the Aberdeen-Hamilton game Wednesday night? Is, is that under threat? It, it's certainly not confirmed. So every, everybody's hopeful. Everybody's hopeful, of course, that Aberdeen will, I, I mean Aberdeen City, rather than the club, will, mm. will get, get, get through this outbreak and be at the other end of it. We, we have some important decisions to make on Wednesday for the population at large. And depending on that, then that will have an influence over the game and, and what can happen around that. Because this game is in Aberdeen. It's not, it's not an away game. So I, I, I can't give you an exclusive either way, Rob, I'm, I'm afraid. The, the, the wish is that elite football, like every other elite sport, get, gets back as much as we possibly can. But as, as the guys just said there in the, the segment I was just listening in on, they, they've also got a responsibility that with privilege comes a responsibility. And, and that's, what, that's what we have to get across to not just the clubs, but each individual member of these clubs. And, and you've been getting it across to the clubs in the last hour or so because you had a, a Zoom call, I think, with some of the captains and the managers. How did that go? Yeah, we did. I think the first time all managers and all captains have ever been in the one place at the one time. So a pretty unique moment. Uh, expressing the the seriousness with which they all take this, I think. Uh, the SPFL uh, convened it, and I and a couple of others from the government went on, and it was constructive and friendly, Rob, but you won't be surprised to hear that I was pretty robust. I was assertive, because I'm a football fan, yeah. I'm a sports fan, mm. and I, I, I don't want that return to be put at risk, just like you don't. And I don't, nor, nor do I want people uh, vilified or abused in any way. I mean, p- people make mistakes. Let, let's, let's move on from that. But actually, it may have been a moment in time where football players realised, OK, they're not messing around here. This, this is very serious. So actually, I used the disease to describe to them the seriousness of this. That 750,000 people have died of this virus globally. 19 million people have caught it. So you trifle with this virus at your peril. And that was my, rather than giving them a row, I thought I would try and tackle it by describing the seriousness of what this virus does to you. So it sounds like you didn't miss with your message. And and while we hope that what happened at Aberdeen can be a timely warning shot to everybody else, um, we have to take the lessons of it, um, um, and it can't happen again. We we can't be going one step forward and two back. You know, it's really difficult. And the SPFL have been very clear. I, I've I've read the guidance. I I some of my guys helped write the guidance. And John McLean, who's the senior doctor at the SFA, he's been heavily involved. And the clubs have got very good guidance. We should be very clear. So that I reread the Aberdeen Football Club, you won't be surprised to hear when I when I when this all became apparent last week. I looked through Aberdeen's own guidance for their players. It's really strong. It's it's well done, it's pretty robust, and each club has that because they knew they had to have it or they wouldn't or they wouldn't have got to start back. Just like golf has to have it and horse racing has to have it. Are, are these individual but, sets of relega- of of regulations, Jason, or or is there one uniform plan for yeah, the whole the of Scottish of, football? There's kind of layers in there, Rob. So there's, so there's a big one for everybody. And, and it says physically distance, you get an exemption on the park. This is, how you should, this is how you should do the hand sanitizer. This is what you should do with your dressing rooms and all of that. But then each club then has individual rules because Pataudry looks a wee bit different from Celtic Park. So, so there are individual rules then at each club. 
based on that generic public health advice, which my guys in uh, Sports Scotland and Active Scotland have given, and it's pretty robust. The, the difficulty, of course, is that uh, it's individual behaviour. The club is one thing. The individual behaviour of you and I and how we behave in hospitality or in our families, but also how the footballers and the officials behave. And that's what I was trying to get over to them. The, the individual behaviour now matters more than ever because it has implications for illness in your own family, but also it has implications for your football league. Nicola Sturgeon was furious at the time. How, how would you describe your reaction when you heard about this? I, I, I was really disappointed. I, I mean, we've worked really hard at every sector. So whether it's oil and gas or retail or... So we've worked really hard with each sector to try and help them as much as we can. And, and I've been a, a big advocate in the, in, forgive the shorthand, in the big room for sport because I'm a big sports fan. So, I, so I, I want sport to come back safely, whether it's the horse racing that came back a few weeks ago or golf that will return this week. Or, or football or rugby. And, and I, w I was just, a, I just kind of, my shoulders kind of sank and I thought, really? This plays into all the cliches about footballers. It just, it just lets us all down a little bit. And I think the guys, your, your, your guests in the room there will probably know some of these players. I, I don't know them personally, but I think that's exactly how they'll be feeling. I think they'll realize that they've, they've let themselves down. And, and that, I hope, will be a lesson for their colleagues and friends to, to not let this happen again. Because I, I was disappointed in them on behalf of the fans and of the Scottish League. Hey, Jason, it's Ali Defoy here. How are you doing? Hi, I'm well. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. I'm just thinking, I guess we all need to think about the players who didn't go out and it's not the whole Aberdeen team. There's plenty of them out there who have been doing their best and following these rules uh, and making sure that they're keeping themselves safe uh, as best as possible. But it's just, okay, there's people going out. They haven't intentionally gone out to get the virus. They've not thought this is what we're going to do. They've not purposefully done it. But at the same time, they need to remember that one, we don't want anybody ill. And two, at the same time, you need to protect Scottish football and your families. And, and there's a wider picture there. Maybe some people didn't really realise that as much as they are now. Well, I think I think it's uh so footballers are despite despite what you might think, footballers, as you guys know, are human beings too. So everybody yeah. everybody's looking around the country and thinking the numbers are falling, hospitality's coming back, I've been in the house for five months, my kids are under my feet, my I'm, whatever. So so just like just like I'm looking forward to going to Mother India for my for my dinner sometime, <laughs> they're they're also looking forward to going back to what they do not normally. And I don't want to I'm the guy who went on the telly and, and cancelled Mother's Day. I, d I don't want to cancel everybody's fun, but I also have spent time in intensive care units. I, I understand what this virus can do to you. And I also understand that football is in a slightly privileged position. So you're absolutely right. It was not the club as a whole. It wasn't every player. And now even these eight, I mean, you couldn't read their statement without thinking that they've, okay, they've, under they've understood. They, 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 know, they know they did wrong. I, the broader the broader question, which we had a brief discussion with on the on the Zoom call, is even within the guidance, whether whether players should should go out after a game or before a game at all. So so I think there's an argument that elite sports people should go beyond the guidance to, mm. for now to find ways of keeping within the guidance, not not to think they're behaving like the general public. That might be hard for 
for, for some people to do, but, but I think it sets an example for the rest of us. Do you think you'll be taking advantage of the government out to eat scheme? I'd, ha- I'd have to do it today or tomorrow, would I? No, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So I, I, uh, I almost certainly will, but I'll be <laughs> absolutely certain they know that Professor Leach is coming. And if anybody takes my picture, I need to be physically distanced. So <laughs> it'll be... I'll be following. I'll be making sure they follow the guidance. Jason, just harking back to what you said right at the start of the of this interview, um, the fact that all the managers and captains uh, turned up for this, which makes it pretty significant. I'm just wondering uh, what sort of feedback you had as you put across your really strong message. It was it was universally. I mean, it it wasn't it wasn't everybody falling on their swords and saying. Uh, or, or crying in their coffee. It was, look, we, we understand. We realise this is a disease that we need to take seriously. One of the managers asked me if I would record a little... Uh, so I did a kind of five-minute five, five minute introduction that, to try and scare everybody a little bit about the seriousness of the virus and it used a pal of mine who got very sick at the beginning of April, a, a paramedic who got properly ill from this virus and uh, the family the family wondered if he was going to make it or not. He did, and he's back at work, but it took four months to recover. So one of the managers asked me if I would record a little five-minute clip that they could maybe show to the other players. So I'll do that for them. They can, I mean, they don't have to use it, but just to, just to illustrate to the guys uh, and, and the girls who play this game professionally yep. that, that it's so, so important that, that they take the virus seriously from an individual perspective, so they don't infect themselves or their families. The big question that lots of uh, people listening to this show will want to ask you right now is, wh- when will the fans be allowed back inside the, the stadia? I mean, there was that uh, provisional date set of 14th of September, maybe for limited numbers. Has anything changed in regard to, to that thought? No, I, I don't think this has helped, Rob, if I'm honest. Yeah. But but this wasn't a fan problem, so we should be careful not to not to punish the fans or blame the fans. We we are worried about indoor hospitality. Not, not take take the football guys out of the equation. We've got an outbreak in Aberdeen in Grampian now that's uh, 170 odd people, 850 contacts, self isolating that began in indoor hospitality because. You'll never really know the full reasons, but maybe because the distancing wasn't good enough, maybe because people were crowding. So, so we are cautious, and you can our conversation in the last ten minutes will will help you and help you realise why we're cautious. So that's why the the crowds is a little bit further away. I'm hopeful that we can maybe run some test events. There's an idea that we might do that at Murrayfield just to see how it works for a few hundred, eh, perhaps at the end of August. And if that goes well, then thinking about how we do that into September for football and rugby, we've got to think of more than just the stadia. So you've got to get the people there. And that means public transport's got to be ready. You've got to think about the police and the ambulance services. And so there's quite a lot to work out, as well as how you then distance people in the, in the stadia when you actually run the game. But I, I'm hopeful that maybe on a limited level, the 14th of September remains intact. 
Let's hope you're right, Jason. Thanks very much indeed for joining us and getting your message across here on the Go Radio Football Show. Thank you very much indeed, Professor Jason Leach, the Scottish Government's National Clinical Director on the Go Radio Football Show. You can ask your question and make your point between now and 7 o'clock. 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show. Yeah, let's go into the final 15 minutes of the Go Radio Football Show. He's been great during lockdown, hasn't he, Professor Jason Leach, telling it like it, like it is and keeping it simple for those of us uh, who maybe struggle to understand some of the finer detail. But what he said there, Barry, was that um, despite the, the major setback of what happened up at Aberdeen, uh, we're still on track, hopefully, to get some fans inside some grounds by mid-September. Yeah, that was encouraging. Um, I'm glad you asked that question. It's, uh, I don't think football's anything without the fans. We, we need to try and get them back in as soon as possible, but it's got to be the, at the right time. Um, and it was also interesting that it was a good meeting with all the, the managers and the captains. They all it's, turned up, yeah. yeah. It's brilliant yeah. to see, obviously, as we touched on it before he come on there, the Aberdeen players have made a mistake. Now that they, they need to really watch what they're doing now. Um so hopefully we can move on from it. That, that's it. As, as I said, it's, it's brushed under the carpet. We move on. The guys made a mistake. We just hopefully get that game ahead on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Can I make a plate, plate the nation, please? Yeah. Yep. My kids have got zero personality, so I can't face another second lockdown. Please, everyone, <laughs> everyone listen to Leachy because I can't face another lockdown on my kids, man. <laughs> They've been in touch with us and they were saying the same thing about you. We'll have them on the show tomorrow. Instead. What age are they? Eight uh, and six. Oh, it's, it's a hard one. No, sure, they're definitely mind me, but so, so you, you come cannot in. Say that. <laughs> they're fine. They're, they didn't listen to the radio. They're fine. So you come in, you come in here <laughs> to relax, so. then, do you? Exactly. Just to get out of the house. Between now and seven o'clock, let's see if we can squeeze a couple of calls in. Jamie is a Rangers fan. Jamie's on the line. Hi, Jamie. Hi. How you doing? Good, thank you. What would you like to say? Uh, firstly, I want to say a big fan of uh, Cy Ferry and uh, Barry Ferguson. Obviously, they're Rangers fans, not the Cy Ferry part. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you made that clear. Uh, uh, I was just basically, my point was, I know it's early in the season, but do you think Celtic and the fans will be slightly concerned about dropping points at the weekend? Yeah, I think they will. I've seen the reaction on Twitter and they aren't happy. Um, I think... The f- a lot of them were worried as, as what I was is the four two three one. I think people are shouting yeah. for for two strikers up top. Um, you know, Stephen Fletcher's a free transfer for me. I know Frank McAvenny didn't uh, think it was a great idea, but knowing Fletch, I think he'd work great with Edward. Even yesterday, when I see that Kamarnik have packed packed the midfield and defence, you know, even clipping a ball up to Fletch to go and play off second balls, just changing up. You know, that might might drag Kamarnik yeah. out and give him give Celtic more space in the areas that they want to play in. So. Um, no, I, I think there's definite concern uh, with Celtic fans, and I think also with signings. You know, I think they want a centre back and, and they want a striker. And so, although it's early, mate, I think there's concerns for Celtic fans. I like that concerns yeah. among Celtic fans. Thirty-six games to go, oh, Barry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. And uh, listen, with, with Rangers fans, you just don't want getting carried away. But what I've, yeah. I'll say is that the last couple of games, they're certainly looking looking the part. They look very very good in pre-season, and it was interesting to see how they would if they would carry that on at the start of the season. Because let's be honest, but it's, it's been a totally different pre-season mm-hmm. in terms of the guys being together and playing the amount of games. Normally, say you would play seven or eight games, they only got three or four. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is, Rangers are playing good stuff. They look to be in good form. Well. They're looking very fit. That was something that stood out at me, and I thought um, the game against St. Murn. Good possession, 
and then that second half it was getting that second and third goal which was was pleasing it was probably something at the back of the the manager's thoughts um, we spoke about it off air Rob the Aberdeen game that was the issue up there um, Aberdeen are always going to win the game at 1-0 you just wanted Rangers to get that second or third and they've done that on Sunday against St Murn so overall the start's good but there's a long way to go Barry do you think it helps Rangers that there's no crowd there? You know, you know, it's like at Ibrox, if you do misplace yeah. a pass, the groans, it's, it's hard to go and then get the ball again. Now that that's not there, will we see more of that from the players? Well, I, I can speak personally for myself. I preferred 50,000 fans mm. roaring at me. Um, it, it drove me on. Maybe it will help some of the Rangers players. Because, yeah. um, the, the, listen, let's be honest, the Rangers fans are demanding, but listen, that's the way they've got to be. They, they want to win trophies, they're a massive club. Um, I, but I'm sure it, it may it may help some of the, the Rangers players settle in um, but like, you want to see new signings when they sign with a club the size of Rangers or Celtic that's the thing you're coming to play in front of 50 or 60,000 fans that's what it's all about the atmosphere's brilliant obviously can't do that just now because of the coronavirus um, but in terms of Rangers uh, things are uh, just don't get carried away but they're on the right track certainly What do you think Jamie? How's the season started for you? Yeah, yeah, decent. As I say, they're looking fit. Um, I was thinking, though, obviously, with no fans, uh, do you think some of the new signings might get a kind of shock to the system when the fans come back, especially old firm atmospheres? Well, that, I would like to think guys like, like say, Alan McGregor and, and Steve is uh, Stephen yeah. Davis. I'll I'll make sure that, that they'll be telling these these new signings. And listen, uh, I think they will know that it's packed out every second uh, week. So you've got to expect that when you come to a club besides the Rangers, but I'm sure the experienced guys in the dressing room will be letting know the new signings, what it's like to walk out, because if you don't go off to a good start, the fans mm. are on your back. And I used to say that to the players, but they've, they've got every right. They spend yeah, big money to come and support you. Um, they, they've got every right to, to have a pop if you don't play well. But I, I used to enjoy that side that if I didn't play well, they certainly let me know, but that those one, on. those one or two games that you didn't play well, <laughs> oh, I would, I would probably say more than that. But do you know what? That drove me on. That made me work even harder the following week in training to make sure the following week I would try and be the, the top man. But that's what makes a great Celtic and Rangers player, isn't it? Somebody that can play in front of that pressure. Yep, I, I've seen plenty of good players, a lot of money spent on top players come, and they get the shock of their life and they walk out that, that tunnel. Yep. And you could see it in their face. Yeah, uh, they come yeah, in yeah. at half time. No. Yeah. Come on, Barry, <laughs> tell us one. Give us one. <laughs> there's hey, listen, there's quite a few. I'm <laughs> still friendly with them all. But I I was taken aback as well, thinking, you've just spent four or five million pounds on you you've played at a high level, you've played international football. We're but all trying to calculate who that is now. But I'm afraid that's life at a club like Rangers if you if you don't produce the goods. You're there to be shot down. Yeah. Jamie, thanks for your call. Uh, Jamie yeah, phoned the Go Radio Football Show 0808 17 17 700. We're in at the last 10 minutes of the show. Still time, though, to talk to us. Uh, if you're texting, go and your message to 87474. We've got Alan on the line. Alan's a, a Motherwell fan. I think I'm right in saying, Alan, so you're not too happy with the way the season's got underway. Yeah, it's been a disappointing start, Rob. Can you hear me okay? I can. Yeah. Um, so obviously we started the season um, You've probably seen the game against Ross County Yeah. Um, I should probably have known as much Because that was a game that I actually fancied Motherwell to win um, So by rights we should probably have lost that game mm -hmm. Which we did 
Um, we played the game against Sunday United on Saturday. I think the most disappointing thing about that was, um, I mean, don't get me wrong, going into the game, I actually thought, you know, it would be a difficult game. But when I heard that Shankland and Clark weren't playing, I kind of thought, well, this is probably a good chance for us to get three points. But I think the most disappointing aspect about Saturday was we, did, we didn't actually look like scoring, whereas at least we had kind of chances against Ross County. But um, I just feel as though, you know, it was almost they were kind of lacking a bit in motivation, a bit disorganised. Yeah, I don't know if you were listening earlier on in the show, but but Sai and Barry were both speaking about the the potential problem Motherwell have, and in some ways it's a happy problem, but maybe too many players at the moment to squeeze into a starting eleven, and it's getting uh, players as well, Barry, into their best position, the the position they're going to do most damage from. Yeah, and I think if you ask most Motherwell fans, this is probably one of the strongest squads they've, they've had for a number of years and, and I've been surprised I'll be honest with you um, I fancied Muddle he finished 3rd, 4th at a push um, so I've been surprised at the, the last couple of games um, but I still don't know if he knows his, his best 11 mm. we spoke me and Sai were speaking about it early on in the show but you look at that midfield 3 I always look at a midfield I look at Campbell I look at Turnbull I look at Polworth I think you've got 3 very good footballers in there um, so I think the manager needs to get a starting 11 that he's he's going to go ahead with but I still think he's unsure and it's still early doors I still think Motherwell will easily finish in the top 6 this season The worry for Motherwell as well is attacking wise you know, they've scored a goal but one goal they scored and Jake Hasty got hooked after 45 minutes um, Stephen Robinson says that Hilton needs to get fitter so they're big problems you know two of your, two of your attack, best attacking players aren't doing it um, and I actually like the way Stephen Robinson dealt with Jake Hasty. You know, quite a lot of managers would just let him go play 70 minutes, take him off, no say a word. But Stephen Robinson's came out and said that uh, we took him off because he wasn't good enough. And maybe that's the wee rocky that Jake Hasty needs. Um, so hopefully we'll see an improvement in him. And, and again, Tony Watt as well. You know, I think Tony needs a run of games. I think if, if Tony can get four or five games together, he will score goals. But then who do you leave out? Because Long was a, was a good player for you last year. White's a summer signing. So again, you're putting three into one, which seems to be Motherwell's problem all over the pitch just now. Yeah, I, I don't think it's time to panic yet. Mm. I think it's still too early. I still, I, I'm still convinced. Are you, are, you, are you panicking, Alan? Well, do you know? Um, Is it Alan Campbell on the phone? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think um, you know we've got a game against Livingston, the home game this week, and I just think that that game could be crucial because we go away to Hibs at the weekend mm. and I'm thinking if we were to lose against Livingston and then go to that Hibs game you know we could be sitting with four defeats after four games mm. yeah. yeah and you've got a team against you scrapping for points as well they're pointless so far Livingston as well So, mm. and you don't imagine that's going to go on uh, for, for a lot longer no again they were a, a surprise package last year um, I think they overachieved Livingston I think Holt had done a, a great job there um, they're another team that's I've been surprised at the start, uh, so that that's a that's a cracker. We talk, the week, Mother with Livingston. Yeah. We talk about spines of teams. Livingston have lost us, haven't they? Yeah, the centre yeah. back, Lawless in the middle of the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I fear for Livingston. I find I think Mother will beat Livingston this week. What are you moaning about, Alan? You're in Europe. It was the the, the draw today, wasn't it, for the Europa League? I mean, the the, the great tragedy, of course, is that that you the fans can't uh, can't travel. Um, but it's Glentoran or HB Torshavn from the Faroes in the, the first qualifying you know, round for the Europa League. Yeah, and you know, um, I, I suppose the great thing is that we've got a home game and it's a one-off game, so potentially if we play our best game, we could get through. But 
It's funny, the other night I was actually looking, because I think uh, one of the teams we, we could have been drawn against was from the Faroe Islands. Um, and I was kind of thinking, I was like, I wonder what the travel restrictions are when you go to the Faroe Islands. Yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, it's, it is so complicated at the moment, but it's just great to be in Europe uh, uh, based on what you did last season. And uh, you'll be hoping that Motherwell can quickly bounce back this season yeah, after a shaky start in the first couple of games. Alan, thank you very much for your call. Thanks Cheers for everybody who's been involved in the show tonight. Some great guests we had, Paul McGinn and Craig Gordon and Frank McAvenny, Jason Leach, the National Clinical Director, getting us right up to date on when fans might be back inside grounds. Uh, Rob McLean, Ali Defoy, Barry Ferguson and Cy Ferry thanking you for listening and we'll talk to you tomorrow night at five.